This is episode 274, a couple's session, healing your childhood wounds in your relationship with Lorena and Jonathan. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the show. And I'm really looking forward to today's episode because it is the first ever couples session that I've done. And I don't know why I haven't done couple sessions up until now. I guess, I don't know, divine timing of things. And definitely interested in having more couples on the show. So if you're interested in getting a little relationship coaching on the podcast, you can go to christinehausler.com slash couples and apply there. And I, I love working with couples. I love working with anyone, <laughs> but couples is especially fun because you really get to see, you know, how the dynamics of two people coming together creates this tremendous opportunity for growth. And I know that part of what prepared me for my marriage was learning from couples. I learned so, so, so much from listening to couples navigate things, listening to advice for couples, learning about masculine feminine dynamics. So whether you're single or in a relationship, I think today's episode will be very valuable for you. And we touch on something really important, which is masculine feminine energy, something that Steph and I love to talk about and teach about. And it's really important in any relationship, no matter what the genders are, you don't have to be male and female to experience masculine and feminine dynamics. All of us have the masculine feminine energy within us. And in any relationship, it's important to have polarity so that not two people are in masculine and not two people are in feminine all the time. You need that balance, that one person more in the masculine, one person more in the feminine, and it can flip-flop, but generally there's one person who's more in the feminine and one person that is more in the masculine. And it's like I said, important to understand this, balance this in your relationship. And I see a lot of couples think that their issues in their relationship are because their masculine feminine polarity is out. Often she's too much in the masculine. He's not enough in the masculine, but it isn't always about that. Sometimes it can be our protective strategies that appear masculine or feminine but it's really not about the polarity. It's more about the inner childhood wounding that's coming up. And this will make a lot more sense after you listen to my coaching session with Lorena and Jonathan. And I really want to acknowledge this couple because they got married young, they're still young, and they have two kids and they're really making the time to do the work. And they, they have the recipe for a successful relationship, which is they both are doing their individual work and they're doing their work together, there's awareness and there's a lot of mutual respect. Remember, successful relationships don't require no difficulty at all. It's not like if you never fight, that means your relationship is successful. In fact, relationships grow through conflict. And the success of a relationship is really measured on how quickly you repair the conflict and whether you're willing to work on it rather than having conflict. So don't be scared of conflict in your relationship. I know 
when Steph and I first got together, we had a lot of conflict and he's a fiery person. And I was like, whoa, I'm used to holding everything inside. What's going on? And he really showed me that, you know, we can have conflict in the relationship and it will be okay. You know, I had a divorce earlier in my life and there was a part of me coming into this new marriage that anytime there was conflict, I was like, oh, 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 my head is for divorce again. And I hear those statistics in my head of, you know, second marriages have a higher failure rate and so on and so forth. And I was really scared, but I've learned over time that the conflict that we have really has made us closer and neither one of us are going anywhere. And I have a partner who's willing to be in the conflict with me and to get to the other side and get the lesson and get the growth. And that's really what this couple has. They have a tremendous respect and mutual awareness of, of their own inner wounding. And I really enjoyed our conversation. And I think that you will as well. And as you're listening to this episode, think about your inner child wounding. And if you are in a relationship, how it shows up, or maybe if you're not in a relationship, how you're wounding and a lot of the protective strategies that you developed as a child are influencing your dating behavior or your single life or your relationship status in general. Remember as well that Steph and I are enrolling for our Be The Queen program, which is for single women calling in a conscious man, or even women who are not sure about the relationship they're in and really want to call in a different kind of relationship. Often you can call in a different kind of relationship with the person that you're in relationship with when you do your inner work. So if you go to christinehasser.com slash be the queen, you can apply there. This is a program we teach live. It's not recorded videos. So you get a lot of individual coaching from us. You get a lot of individual attention. We have a curriculum we go through that's based on my experience and what's worked for all the women that have come through our past two classes of Be the Queen, many of whom are in awesome relationships now, many of whom met their person during the whole COVID lockdown situation. So don't think your love life has to be on lockdown. And we also adapt the curriculum based on the current group and what they're really going through. So again, it's christinehauser.com slash be the queen. And if you enroll before December 14th, you get some cool bonuses, including a free call with us. So you'll want to enroll soon. And before we dive in, I want to thank my sponsor for this week, which is a favorite of mine for stylish and sustainable shoes, handbags, and masks. It is Rothy's, whose shoes are so incredibly comfortable with zero break-in period thanks to their seamlessly knit-to-shape design. They have so many incredible styles to choose from. They're the perfect present for everyone on your list. And I love Christmas. I love so much about it. And I really love giving awesome gifts. <laughs> Not the like sorry to say lame gifts, like the gift card or the picture in a frame. Sorry if you think that's an awesome gift, but come on, we can all do better than that. And, you know, gifts don't have to cost things. You can give beautiful acts of service. I think those are great gifts. But if you do want to give a physical, tangible thing, I think an amazing pair of shoes or a great 
bag or even a stylish mask from Rothy's would be an incredible gift. All you need is someone's shoe size. Plus Rothy's comes with free shipping and free returns on eligible items. So you can gift without worry. So if you special people in my life may be getting new shoes and share my love for Rothy's, their ever changing array of colors, prints, and patterns. You and your loved ones will find out why Glamour named Rothy's one of the top gift ideas you can't go wrong with. So spread some holiday cheer with the newest Rothy's styles like winter-ready shoes, brand new head handbags, and washable masks. Another major bonus, Rothy's are fully machine washable. Every time they need a refresh, you can simply toss them into the washing machine. So check out all the amazing shoes, bags, and masks available right now at rothys.com slash over. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S.com slash over. Style and sustainability meet to create your new favorites for you or to gift stylish people in your life or to make the people in your life more stylish. That's rothys.com slash over. So as you're listening to this couple's coaching session, consider, do you feel like you're showing up too masculine or too feminine in your relationship? Has your relationship gone through a lot of challenges? Like maybe you've even been separated and you want to restart. You want a fresh take on an old relationship. Do you understand how your inner child experiences, your inner child wounding is impacting your intimacy and your relationship? And finally, are you willing to see your current or future partner through the eyes of love and compassion? Are you willing to see that little boy or little girl inside of them and truly seek to understand your partner rather than judge them or have expectations of them or expect them to solve all your wounds or problems? Can you come into your heart and really get to know your partner, know their needs, know their wounding, so that your relationship can be a healing place for both of you? So keep those questions in mind as you listen to my coaching session with Lorena and Jonathan. Lorena and Jonathan, welcome to the show. How can I help? Thank you for having us, Christine. Mm-hmm. So we are excited to be here with you because we are looking for help on how to connect more intimately and manage our masculine and feminine energies. We have a long history. We've been through so much and almost 12 years of being together from having kids and moving cross country, being separated for almost a year, coming back together. Now we're moved again to New Jersey, bought a home. And it's just, we just want to make sure that we are able to come together mm. in a way that it feels more balanced. We're both very strong, very masculine. We, we thrive in our, in our masculine um, energy. Mm. So we're looking for ways to, for me to step into that feminine energy and for you, I guess I'll let you speak to that, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Jonathan, what would be the question from your perspective? Well, my question would be, how do I in, entice the feminine mm-hmm. out or even uh, the inverse? Um, I, I find myself being very cautious and uh, careful in my masculine. And, and sometimes I find myself kind of um, not being able to step into it as strongly as I, as I think we need. And tell me more about feeling cautious about that. You said you feel very cautious stepping into your masculine. And what, and the second part to that question, and what does masculine 
look like to you? So uh, a healthy masculinity looks like somebody stable, able, able to lead um, without commanding or demanding a teacher, um, somebody with patience, and, and, and just able to absorb the, the energy needed, right, in the family or in the, in the relationship mm-hmm. and able to hold space for everyone. And how do you feel you're not doing that? Like, where do you think you're falling so short? I, I, I think historically, uh, at least in this relationship between us, maybe there's a lot, a lot, you know, of uh, graveyard stuff, I guess we would, I, I could call it, that um, wasn't healthy. Um, so I'm, I'm very conscious about that sometimes. And also, um, so I tend to, um, my masculine wasn't as strong historically. So I tend to give that, that like, let her kind of lead mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. very, very, uh, naturally kind of, um, I'm naturally a laid back guy, but I know that it's, it's important to, to kind of lead from, a from masculine feminine perspective and graveyard stuff. And you mentioned <clears throat> that you separated, um, Lorraine mentioned that. Can you, either one of you give me just a short overview of what some of those things are that led you to separate and some of the perpetual patterns that show up in your relationship? Sure. I'll take that one. We got married very young. We were 21 and 22. We kind of rushed into it. We had only known each other for a year and we both grew up in this function of family. So there were a lot of things that we normalized as, you know, just how to have a, an argument or um, how to grow distant. Both our parents were divorced and again, that, that builds up some of the patterns. I guess this just thinking things will be okay and not really doing the work, not going deep um, codependency issues. Again, two small kids, full-time jobs, not a lot of time, always getting mm-hmm. distracted. And what ended up happening was just a period where I, I wanted to grow, I wanted to find myself. And I just I just felt a lot of codependency in our relationship. And at the time, we were not ready to make it through. So I needed to step away. And we were emotionally separated for almost a year, but physically separated for six, seven months. And we got back together this January after we've both done a lot of, a lot of deep work. Um, and it's essentially a brand new relationship, but we got back together in January and the pandemic hit in March. Mm-hmm. So, and we, we came to live with my mom in a house full of people, both working crazy hours. So we kind of jumped right back into it without really giving this new phase of our relationship a chance mm-hmm. so there's still a lot of things that i don't think we've had a chance to right like like you said the graveyard um to kind of mull through and and you know it comes up but there's still a lot of i guess some fear or the stress or yeah um triggers is yeah. a good word of saying it too yeah yeah well before i unpack this a little more let's i want to share something with you and i shared this in my personal mastery course in one of our monthly calls, because I think that talking about the masculine feminine dynamic is very, very important in a relationship. And sometimes that's it. Sometimes the woman needs to learn to lean more into her feminine and the man needs to learn how to lean more into his masculine. But sometimes that's not it. 
sometimes what's Mm. actually going on is it's inner child patterns, inner child protective patterns. So for example, Lorena, for you, if you grew up in a household that was chaotic and dysfunctional and you kind of decided at a young age, I've got to take care of myself. I'm on my own. I can't count on anybody. Mm. Then that's a protective pattern that looks masculine, but is more Mm. a protective pattern that came from inner child wounding. And Jonathan, for you, if you kind of grew up in a household where your needs weren't met, you were a little neglected, um, maybe there was a lot of anger that you witnessed and you were like, I never want to be like that. And you went passive instead, then your more feminine behavior or lack of really being in that masculine may be more of an adaptive strategy as well than it really is you not being in your masculine. Mm. So I just wanted Mm. to lay that out there first and see if either, if that resonates with either one of you. I think it, it resonates. Absolutely. I think, um, but I, I would say that we have done a lot of work, internal work, a lot of, ch- uh, I know I, I focus on that a lot. Uh, I'm not, I don't think I'm, I'm all the way done, done either, but that, that, that kind of, yeah, illuminates a little bit, especially when we're talking about the past and, and what we brought into the relationship, you know, before we started doing the work. Absolutely. Yeah, but how much are you guys doing the inner child work together? Because it's Uh great that you've done, Jonathan, you've done yours, Lorena, you've done yours, and I'd love to hear a little bit more about what exactly your inner child wounding is. But then it's like bringing it into the relationship. So like Uh for Lorena, it may look something like it makes Jonathan make him feel really, really respected. Like he's never judged. Like he's not micromanaged. Like he, you have total confidence in him because if he has a little hurt little boy inside who never felt good enough and never got the approval of his parents, then that's a huge wound. And part of how Mm -hmm. you cater to that is by building him up. And Jonathan for Lorraine, if she never felt like she had anyone to lean on and she never really felt safe, it's giving her the feeling of feeling safe. And a lot of that can be in those masculine qualities that you listed, but it's, I'm, I'm asking you guys to go a level deeper because you've done work and really get to know the inner child of each other because in a relationship that comes up. And although we don't want mm-hmm. to be like Lorena, you don't want to be his mom and Jonathan, you don't want to be her dad. Mm-hmm. You still want to be safe to the inner child. Mm-hmm. So Lorena, let's start with you. What mm-hmm. do you think the predominant negative feeling you felt as a little girl was? Was it fear? Was it shame? What, what was it? Like, what did you really live with? Um, everything. Uh, it was, it was fear of being wrong. It was fear of not being able to trust the adults. I felt like I was the adult mm-hmm. in the family. So I needed to take care of myself. Um, I also grew up with this, like my vision wasn't all oh, the big wedding and getting married. My vision was, I'm going to build my career. I'm going to have my foundation set for myself first. And then if I get to marry someone good. <laughs> and why do you think that was so important to you? Because I couldn't trust anyone. I couldn't trust mm-hmm. my parents. I couldn't trust my, my grandparents to take care of me. I felt like everyone that I trusted betrayed me in one way, shape or form. Um, so I needed to just fend for myself. And I was very strong. I was very good at it. I was very mature mm-hmm. from a very, very early age. And they allowed me to do it too. They mm-hmm. let me do it because I was so good. Uh, so I kind of became like the care, the caretaker of everyone. Right. And 
because of my parents separated when I was very young and my little brother was just born. So I almost became his mom too. Right. So yeah, it was, I can totally relate to this. Like I got to take care of myself and then it's, it's protecting the people that I love. And, and then when John came into the picture, I'm like, I have to take care of him too. And then it became my kids. And then it just felt like I was taking care of everyone. Right. But me. Right. And as a little girl, what do you think your deepest desire was? What do you think you needed the most that you didn't get? To be told that I was loved, Mm -hmm. um, to be hugged, um, safely and not to have to give something in return. Mm -hmm. Just be able to receive. Yeah, just to be able to receive. And that's actually one of the big things that comes up a lot for me. Like, I know how to give, but I've struggled with receiving and Mm -hmm. being worthy of it, right? So, Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I hear you. So just be with that. Stay in that emotion. Stay in that vulnerability. That's really you taking off the mask and the protective layers and dropping into your feminine. Because in this moment, can you trust me to hold you both? Can you let go of the caretaking and really just trust me in this container to hold that? Yes. Okay. So just stay there. Stay in your heart. And Jonathan, I'm going to shift to you. Same questions. What do you think your your biggest pain or the predominant negative feelings or experiences you had as a child were? I definitely have uh, some of that not being good enough. Um, it was always um, I could do better. Um, never, you know, you know, you are enough kind of thing Mm -hmm. as you are always, um, uh, one of the biggest things for me also growing up is I felt like I didn't fit in anywhere, Mm. um, in my larger community and even in my family to, um, extended family. Um, I had a different mindset than everybody else, um. And then so after a while, it just became me trying to fit in all the time. Mm -hmm. And so it became about, oh, what, what do, what do others expect of me Mm -hmm. instead of defining that for myself Mm -hmm. and staying, staying in that kind of, uh, uh, standing strong in my integrity. I didn't. Mm -hmm. Do you have a little bit of the people pleaser or the chameleon pattern? Like, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely chameleon, mm-hmm. um, you know, kind of fitting in and making everyone laugh, <laughs> yeah, kind of, uh, blending into the background kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And what do you think your deepest desire was as a child? What did you need the most? I mean, you mentioned being told I was enough. What else? Also just being, um, acknowledged, just being acknowledged as I am. Um, feeling like people were proud being, of you, feeling like people yeah, wanted you. Yeah, being, mm-hmm. being seen as a, as a unique individual that, that provides value. And mm-hmm. that was, that was something that wasn't, you know, done a lot. I always had to be, you know, oh, you know, act more like a man. This is how you act like a man. Oh, you're, you know, you did okay. You did good, but you could do better. Mm-hmm. Um, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you. So Lorraine, I'm going to go back to you. 
after hearing what Jonathan just said, how do you think, and I know that you love each other and you don't do this consciously or purposely, but how do you think you reinforce those wounds of his? My expectations are very high. So I think I, I demand a lot sometimes without even realizing it. Well, yeah, because you probably demand so much of yourself, it leaks out on other people. (laughs) Yes, for sure. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And he's the closest one to me. Um, The poor guy gets it all. Um, Well, it's probably mm -hmm. also, you know, you learned how to love yourself by doing. And so part part of unconsciously it's what's happening is that by demanding a lot, it's almost how you show love for someone because that's Mm. how you love yourself. Even Mm. though to him, it probably feels like pressure and judgment. There's Mm -hmm. a part of you that's doing it because you think that that's, you kind of have it paired with love because that's how you take care of yourself. That's how you make yourself safe. Mm. I do and I do and I do Mm -hmm. and I do. That's how I stay safe. And so it's like Mm -hmm. you want the same from him because one, that makes you feel safer. And two, that's how you know to love. Mm -hmm. So what else? Your expectations demanding, what else? Not recognizing the hard work enough. So not giving him acknowledgement? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I, you know, again, back to the expectations for me, it's like, okay, we've mastered something, right? Like, okay, now move on. let's move on to the next thing instead of really appreciating the hard work that it took to get something done. Mm-hmm. even if it's small. So overseeing the small things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anything else before I move on to Jonathan? I think not giving him the space. Also, I think I'm, I can be again, very overpowering. Um, so giving him the space to be his unique self mm-hmm. and you know, make mistakes and grow and, and to be more supportive so I can do better at that too. Mm. Great. Now, Jonathan, after hearing everything that your wife shared, how do you think you hit her wounds? So I definitely leaned into the, I guess, the expectations part, like the expectation became very high, like, Well, let me ask you something. Would you say that you have been someone that she can really count on to be consistent? Consistent in how you show up, consistent in your actions, just consistency? Um, I think I I can definitely be more consistent for sure. Um, Provide um, the trust, right, and the... um, Mm -hmm. Uh, the support that she didn't have. Right. So let's, let's dive into this inconsistency thing, because if we go back to masculine feminine dynamics, consistency is really important for the masculine to hold for the feminine to stay safe. So how, how have you been inconsistent in the relationship? Um, I've been inconsistent with, um, showing up with my word Mm-hmm. Right. Um, maybe if if we maybe I don't give her the space to 
Um, I don't give it the safe space to have to maybe have difficult conversations or I might um, get angry, which I know really is something that is hard for her to get through really to be able to talk to me honestly. And what makes you angry? I get frustrated, I guess, when I hear negative feedback. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get frustrated with that. Um, well, sure, because it hits on that wound of not being good enough. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. I hear you. I hear you. Anything else in terms of how you think you're – how are you with um, physical affection and giving her hugs and telling you – you love her and giving her those words of affirmation. Um, I think I'm getting uh, better at that, specifically not having expectations or anything tied to it. Like, why am I giving her this? Hug? Like, I don't expect, you know, I don't need anything from her. I'm not asking for, you know, a favor or sex or anything. I don't expect it to lead to that. I'm trying at least. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know it's something that we have talked about mm-hmm. in the past. So, um, and I'm a, a very affectionate person, so it, it does um, – it has gotten easier for me and just just hugs. And- yeah. Yeah. And that's going to help you as well with feeling like you belong because what little Jonathan needs to know is he does belong yeah. now in this family. Mm. Like this is it, his belonging. This is his home. Absolutely. It feels uh, great to know that when I do – it, giving for her does is a little bit of receiving for me. Like, oh, I have a place here, and 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 she does rely on on me um, supporting her. So mm-hmm. that that that's definitely a big one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, Lorraine, I'm going to come back to you. And before I do, I just want to acknowledge you both. You know, we we have a limited time, and you guys are just really being so honest. I can tell you've done a lot of work. You know yourself, and you know, your, your willingness to have this conversation really shows your commitment to each other and any relationship, any marriage, especially one that's, you know, started as young as you do, you have two kids now, you're going to have the hard times. And this, this is a beautiful opportunity to do some deeper healing, both inside yourself and with each other. So I hope that you both feel proud of yourself for how far you've come and that you're willing to to look at these things and talk about these things and have a high level of self-awareness. So I'm really proud of you both. Lorena, I would love for you to reflect back to Jonathan, what you heard from him in terms of how he reinforces some of your wounds and then state what you need from him. So what I heard him say is that he can work on his consistency of showing up, um, particularly giving me the space to express my feelings um, in a safe place um, where I won't get, I guess, a defensiveness reaction or anger in return mm-hmm. uh, when I'm when I'm giving feedback or just having a difficult conversation. Mm-hmm. Also, that he's working really hard to show his affection to me in a way that makes me feel safe and that nothing is expected of me. Mm-hmm. That has always been a big thing for me in my entire life, that always feeling like I 
I needed to give something in return for the love that I was given or the attention or affection I was given from men. So big attachment there. So I appreciate it. Mm -hmm. I'm very grateful that you have been able to see what, what I need and recognize it. I think for me, it's continue to show up and talk to me and, and it's okay. We will make mistakes. You will make mistakes. And I'm not expecting you to be perfect. I'm just expecting you to talk to me. Hmm. And um, that's how you show up consistency for me. And what do you want him? And hope you're looking at him when <laughs> yes. you say this. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. What do you want him to talk to you about? And the day-to-day, talk to me about, you know, little things like, I'm running late or I need this from you because I am stressed, you know, just over communicating the little things. That's okay. Or I need to make this phone call. I need to help this person or I'm, I'm just angry. I'm going to go for a walk, things mm-hmm. like that. Um, and then the big things, just the feelings that are coming up. If it's anger, if it's frustration, if it's pain, if whatever, um, when we're having the difficult conversations to just feel safe to express them to me, um, whatever that may be. Mm. Mm. Okay. So Jonathan, I'd love you to reflect back to her, what you heard her say in terms of her needs and then share what you really need. Um, I heard you say that you, want me to show up consistently, be able to communicate with you safely and, um, not react so that you don't have, you know, you don't feel safe while we're talking. Um, and ex- communicate in a way where we're in touch and, um, surprises don't come up. Um, be able to communicate with you what I'm going through. Um, so that it doesn't leak onto you in unhealthy ways. Mm. I definitely need your loving assurance, your touch. I really just need, um, your support in, in the way that I'm leading the family. And I love your, your fire when you're just you. So that really inspires me. So Lorena, what did you hear him say he needs from you? You need my support, especially when you're leading and trust my reassurance that I'll stand by you and that I trust you. You need my touch and just to show up and be the fire (laughs) that I am. (laughs) Probably Fire with a little less controlling would yes. be my guess. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So both of you just take a nice deep breath. And just how are you feeling right now? Just two two words that describe how you're feeling. Jonathan, I'll, I'll start with you first. Just two. It could be like anxious and calm. Two words that describe what's present for you in this moment. I feel seen. And I feel um, grateful. Lorena? 
I feel relieved. They finally said what you needed <laughs> and happy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I don't have too much time with you all. So I want to give you some things moving forward and also just my perspective of kind of what's happening in the relationship. So it's very, very common for people, as you said, from dysfunctional families to come together. (laughs) I often call them (laughs) issue-based relationships. And they can evolve to side-by-side partnerships if both people are willing to do the work, which it sounds like you both are, which is amazing. And with issue-based relationships, it's so important to do our work on our own, to do our inner child work healing, which is why the separation was probably really good for you both. You needed that time apart to really go within and work on yourself. And that work needs to continue. So for you, Jonathan, you've got to find that inner parent, especially that inner father inside of you that responds to that critical voice that tells you, you're not enough or that internalizes your anger or that feels like you don't belong. You've got to keep finding that voice that tells you, I'm proud of you. You can do this. You've got to find that kind of inner coach voice. And I highly encourage you to listen to the episode that comes out this week with um, Ron, because I talk a lot about how when men aren't really showing up in their masculine, there's a lot of repressed anger. Did you grow up in an angry household? I, I would say yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't say it was violent. I mean, maybe, you know, to a certain extent, but I've heard a lot worse. I wouldn't say it's angry. I don't know how I would describe it. I would say a little bit, yes. Okay. Well, I would guess, again, if I was working with you longer, we could really unpack this, but I would guess. It's definitely like repressed yes. in terms of because my dad was like, no, non-emotional. Right. Definitely that. And, um, and then my mom would be the kind of the disciplinarian, mm-hmm. but the love, but the loving heart based kind of relationship. Um, so it was, yeah. Yeah. So, and even your mom had to be in that kind of more masculine disciplinarian role mm-hmm. in your family. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so I would suggest for you, listen to that episode with Ron and, Find a way to do your own anger work, whatever that looks like for you, because I have a feeling that part of this passivity and part of this kind of inconsistency and sort of the, um, how would I describe it? I don't know if aloofness is the right word that your wife feels from you is that you haven't found your fire, you know, and Mm. it kind of leaks out Mm. and when you lose your impatience or when you pull away or whatever. Um, but it's like really tapping into that repressed anger because if I were you and my whole life, I was told I wasn't enough and I felt like I didn't belong and I was constantly trying to live up to other people's expectations, I'd be pretty pissed off. And Hmm. by repressing that, it's going to distance you emotionally. And I think that's what your wife is feeling a lot of is she wants to feel your heart more. She wants to feel more emotionally connected to you. And that's going to help her drop into her feminine. But in order for you to get there, you might have to deal with some of that repressed anger so you can find your fire and so that you can lead more. Because if she's fiery and she's got this massive compensatory strategy where she just will go in and get shit done, then you'll kind of not 
you'll step back to that because you haven't totally found your fire. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yes, it does. And so for you, for you, it's really about finding that loving interparental voice that's constantly telling you you're enough and then finding that fire. And for you, Lorena, it's really about a couple things. Number one, knowing, like telling that little girl that she's safe now, that she's no longer in survival mode because my sense is you live a lot of your life in survival mode and you don't even know it. Mm. You just go and you go and you go and you go. So a daily practice of one hand on your heart, one hand on your belly saying it's over. We can relax Mm. now. We're safe now. And finding that loving, nurturing voice that I think Jonathan wants to hear from you, but before I can hear it from you, you've got to really find it inside yourself. And I'm sure you have it with your kids. (laughs) (laughs) And it's really about finding that within you. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. And for the two of you, and I could go much deeper with each of you, but I just want to give you um, some things to work with in your relationship. So some practices that I would love for you to take on to meet, first of all, to meet Lorena's needs, I would love for you to come up with two to four, three would be ideal questions that are part of your evening ritual that you ask each other. Like what was the best thing about your day? What's something you would do differently? What are you grateful for? What's something that you're really proud of yourself for? Um, What do you really love about yourself today? What do you really love about me today? Come up, brainstorm a bunch of questions and then narrow it down to the three that you each answer to each other before you go to bed as a bit of a nighttime ritual. Because Jonathan, I don't want you to feel pressured of like, when do I share and when do I emote and when do I talk to her? But I want you to I want you to have a set time when you do it so that Lorena starts to feel like, oh wow, I have consistency. I have consistency of this emotional connection. I have consistency of talking and communicating and knowing what's on his mind. Would you be willing to do that? Absolutely. And yeah. that's a great idea. Okay. And then the other thing that I'd love you, Lorena, to practice is really acknowledging your husband more. Oh acknowledging him, being proud of him. And I tell you, this was so hard for me in the beginning of my marriage because I was more in that protective masculine. I lived on my own for years. My husband came into my world. My work was more busy. There's a certain way I did things. I'm a Virgo. Like it was (laughs) so hard for me to just shut up sometimes and (laughs) let him do it his way. Even if, you know, like he makes the bed every day. Does it look like it when I make the bed? No. (laughs) (laughs) However, every time I walk in and I see the bed made with the pillows the wrong way, I'm like, thank God he made the bed, you know? Yes. And I acknowledge Mm -hmm. and I have let him, um, that sounds wrong. I have stopped controlling so much and Mm -hmm. realized that even if he doesn't do it exactly like I would, it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And there's less pressure on me. So like allow him to do it his way. Allow him to mess up. Acknowledge him. Because what you deeply, deeply want is to have some of the pressure taken off of you. 
But if you're still running the story of I've got to do it all or it's not going to be done right and I've got to take care of everybody, then you're going to keep attracting that. So it's surrendering Mm -hmm. that, like giving Mm -hmm. him more responsibilities, like sitting down and making a list of the things you do that, you know, you'd like him to start doing. Mm -hmm. Like in my marriage, it was making the bed, just little things like that. And for both of you, more hugs throughout the day, because that is something that will go miles for your inner children is just that hug of just resting in each other's arms. No words need to be spoken. And I want you to take three deep breaths and try to do at least three of those a day. Simple. These are simple things. I'm not throwing a lot at you, but I I hope Mm -hmm. that this, and when you go and re-listen to this, you'll see that, yes, we're talking about masculine and feminine, but we're also talking more about inner child protective mechanisms that are running. And Mm -hmm. now you both have done a lot of work, but now you're at the next level where you're going to be inter-parenting your child even more, but also looking at each other, like seeing each other's inner children. Like when you Mm -hmm. see Jonathan doing something or not doing something and you want to criticize or judge, I want you to see a little boy who never felt like he was enough. And instead of adding more criticism or judgment, really validate him. And Jonathan, when you see your wife controlling and managing and caretaking everybody, I want you to see a scared little girl who thought if she doesn't do this, the world is going to fall. Like everything's going to fall apart if she doesn't have it all together instead of seeing her as controlling. So Lorena, you've got to stop seeing him as less than or incompetent or fill in the blank. And Jonathan, you've got to stop seeing her as controlling. You've got to start really seeing the little boy who never felt like enough and the little girl who never felt safe. And if you can start seeing each other that way, you're going to have way more compassion and far less irritation with each other. And your, your wounds are going to stop bumping up against each other. How's this landing? We're crying. (laughs) It's beautiful. It's really beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It's so powerful. Thank you. Yeah. So I think that, you know, if you can spend a little time with each other after we hang Mm -hmm. up, just sharing what you learn, maybe writing down your questions and definitely letting yourselves have a really nice long hug before you go back to your kids in your life, that would be great. Sounds amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much, Christine. Yeah. You both are doing amazing. I acknowledge deeply the work each of you are doing. And from my point of view, it sounds like you have an incredible opportunity to have a lot of healing in your marriage and really grow up in your marriage Mm -hmm. and stop playing out the wounds of your childhood and create a much different family and experience for yourselves and for your children. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) Once again, thank you to this beautiful couple for being so willing, so vulnerable, so open, taking the intimate container of their marriage and bringing it into this podcast, into this community for us all to learn from. Lorena and Jonathan, you are an example of a conscious couple. Remember, conscious couples and sacred union doesn't mean everything's okay all the time and we're just living in this awesome ecstasy, having this total nonviolent communication and amazing sex all the time. No, we're freaking human. A conscious couple, sacred union means 
we're willing to do the work. And yes, those nonviolent, conscious, deep conversations and great sex are part of it, but so is triggering the shit out of each other and feeling distant and sometimes getting separated and having your issues bump up against one another. That's just part of it. And like I said, at some point in this session, I think Lorena and Jonathan, when they first got together, they were maybe more an issue-based relationship. They both came from dysfunctional backgrounds and her need to control everything really dovetailed well with his need of not feeling enough. And they just kind of bumped up against each other for a while, but then they went their separate ways for a bit. They had that conscious separation and they really worked on their own stuff. And now they have the opportunity to evolve into more of a side-by-side partnership. Two people know they're whole and complete, working on their own stuff, looking in a similar direction. And they both really seem to value growth and healing and consciousness. I mean, they're both doing their own work. And so instead of continuing to look at each other and trigger each other, they've shifted their perspective a little bit and really looking in the direction of what they really want and value in relationship. And they're bumping up against some stuff. So where it seemed like they are is they're getting a handle on their own stuff. They have a lot of awareness, but they're still in patterns and they've been together a long time, over a decade. So there's going to be patterns and they're going to be stuff that they're stuck in. And what I wanted to do, what I did was very, very simple with them. And I really wanted to focus on each one of them separately, really dive in, even though they'd done a lot of work. And that's what I hear from everybody that's on the show and all of you listening to, we all say, oh, but I've done so much work. Of course, you wouldn't be attracted to the show if you hadn't done some work. This community is a group of light workers. This community is people that are part of the massive movement to evolve consciousness. And we're continuing to do the work. So where they are now is really looking at, all right, I've done my work, you've done your work, but we're still in our... mm, old patterns in the relationship. So it really was about getting to what is the inner child wounding that's really at play here that they need to understand about themselves and each other. Because in a relationship, we can't hope the other person heals us or completes us. That's codependency. However, we can set the intention for the relationship to be a safe space to heal. And that's the beauty of a relationship. We always want to be doing our own work, healing our own stuff, And we can use the relationship, which is often a triggering event, as a place to heal our inner child wounding. Now, in the beginning, they thought they were coming for coaching on how to be more masculine and feminine. But what we discovered, and I explained in the beginning, is often, yeah, masculine feminine polarity is off. And sometimes with couples, I need to coach strictly on that. But with them, it wasn't so much masculine feminine, it was childhood protective survival mechanisms. So Lorena had the childhood protective mechanism of I'm the caretaker, I do it all, I just need to rely on myself, I can't trust anyone. So in a way that that really dovetails with Jonathan's patterns of I'm not enough, I can't really do anything, I just need to be the chameleon. And then she ends up kind of being the controlling one in the relationship, which appears masculine, but really it's her protective strategy. Now on his side, he was showing up not as consistent, not as stable, not really leading, but that's coming from his protective strategy of just kind of blending in and being that chameleon and letting other people tell him who he needs to be because he had so much deep insecurity about not being enough. So where they are now is to really 
one, understand each other's inner child wounding and their own, two, really speak clearly what they need. We can't expect our partner to read our minds. Let me repeat that. Don't expect your partner to read your mind. Be clear in your communication. And then communicate those needs. And what they needed from each other was very simple and corresponds to their deepest desire as a child. Lorena really wants to know that she's loved. She wants to be hugged. She wants to just receive. And Jonathan doesn't want to be controlled. He wants to be acknowledged. He wants to be recognized. He wants to be empowered. And that is in a little bit masculine and feminine, you know, She's wanting those more feminine things of receiving the the touch and the nurture and the hugs. And he's wanting those more masculine things like being acknowledged, being respected, being empowered to lead. But it's also really their inner child wounding. And where I really started to feel them and experience them shift and start to feel that bond come. Because when we started, they were distracted with the kids. They were both, you know, telling their side of the story, but by the end of the session, you could really feel them connecting. You could feel the intimacy coming back when they started to see each other's little boy and little girl. And that's key in your intimate relationship. You've got to see his little boy. You've got to see her little girl and understand the wounding and know that what you need may be different than what your partner needs. That's key again. What you need may be different than what your partner needs. And often we love based on how we want to be loved and how our inner child needs to be loved versus how that person needs to be loved. So really think about that as a takeaway in your own relationship. Are you really seeing and understanding your partner's wounding? Are you seeing and having compassion for that little one inside? Are you loving them and treating them the way you need to be treated and expecting them to do the same to you? Or are you really loving them and treating them based on what they need? And then clearly communicating what you need from them. Other takeaways, things to ask yourself, what was my biggest pain as a child and how is that showing up in my relationship? And what is my deepest desire and how can I ask for what I need in my relationship? So lots of good stuff here. I'm excited to coach more couples. Again, if you want to apply, go to christinehasser.com slash couples. That's the show for today. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. I love and appreciate you so much. So much love and many blessings. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Over It Non With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings.